Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment Reviews Podcast. The world is changed. Much that once was is lost. For none now live who remember it. History became legend. Legend became myth. And some things that should not have been forgotten were lost. Our Lord of the Rings retrospective begins. It has now been found. Is it secret? Is it safe? You have my sword. And you have my bow. And my axe. Carry the face of his all little one. We're coming too! Sephiroth's not going anywhere without me. You will face evil and you will defeat it. On this episode, we will be discussing and reviewing The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Are you frightened? Yes. Not nearly frightened enough. This episode will contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. There will be no dawn for men. And now, here are your hosts for this episode. Mike Winkler, Alistair Engelhardt, and Daniel English. Alright, hello everybody and welcome to Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment Reviews Podcast. I am Mike Winkler and I am here again with Alistair Engelhardt. And a special guest today for the Lord of the Rings retrospective, Daniel English. Nice to have you, Dan. Hey, thanks. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you know, um, been really wanting to do Lord of the Rings for a long time, especially these extended cuts, because I've never seen them before. So I'm kind of watching them little by little, uh, trying to piece together what I don't remember being in the movie and what I do. So I, it, it's kind of thing for me. You guys are more the Lord of the Rings experts than me. So I'll be interested, you know, to kind of hear your guys' take on everything and what everything that was added you guys know of sure you know if there's ever a a, a trilogy that's uh, binge worthy in the current state of things it's lord of the rings for exactly. sure <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> um so yeah so uh today we're gonna be doing fellowship of the ring we'll break these down you know uh little by little with each individual episode um so uh what do you guys want to divulge into first with this yeah i guess um uh, maybe uh just to start out question what was everybody's uh favorite moment in the movie yeah, I was going to say, uh, how did you like it? <laughs> you know, um, I, I could definitely tell where there were parts that uh, that were extended because I noticed, like, the slowdown periods based on the pacing from the, from the regular edition. Um, but I liked it, though, because I think it gave it time for the characters to kind of get fleshed out even more um, and kind of get to get to know them better as, as the trilogy goes on. And I'm really I'm really interested to see going forward uh, the other extended stuff. Do the extended cuts get better with each movie? They definitely get longer. Um, yeah, they definitely get longer. I, I was um, I was looking it up this uh, this morning to see how many minutes was added to each of the films. There was only thirty minutes added to Fellowship, um, but there was uh, I think forty one added to the Two Towers, and then oh, almost 50, 55 minutes I want to say added to the Return of the King. Um, so, uh, yeah, I. I, I'm, I'm trying to think back to the two towers of Return of the King. I felt like for the fellowship, most of the um, most of the content that was added in the extended edition almost 
um, I felt like was for rewashers. Um, mm-hmm. Like it kind of, it kind of, it kind of um, alluded to content that wouldn't really be up and coming until the later movies. Like, like, for, like for instance, um, Aragorn when he was um, visiting his mother's grave, and he has um, or her, her memorial um, while they were in um, um, Rivendell, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, you know, he's reflecting on, on his call to be the, on his calling as the, the heir of, uh, Isildur, you know, the, the true, um, heir to the throne. And, um, I think, you know, that, that doesn't really come around too much, um, otherwise in the, in the fellowship, but it's certainly a huge theme in, in Return of the King. And so I, I remember when, when I watched it for the first time that it was really cool to kind of, um, understand a bit more of where that was going, mm-hmm. um, after having kind of seen the the, the theatrical editions of, of all three films. so <laughs> See, it's been, like I said before we started, it's been so long that I've seen the normal edition. I didn't even know that that um, memorial scene in Rivendell was extra. What the most of the ones I remember for me give context of the ring and the, mm. the coming to understanding of the ring. Because I know that first scene where a seal door gets shot off his horse into the water. You can even see the feature, um, the effects mm-hmm. dull down for that scene. And it doesn't look quite as polished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I think yeah. there's another one where Gandalf is researching the ring in that one. Administrative. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. In the library. And so it's kind of, I like that. I like the extended scenes in fellowship specifically because they just give you so much more context. And again, later on in the trilogy, you'll see a lot more about Smeagol and Smeagol's devolving into Gollum. I've always loved the extended, and I'm one of those people that says, if it's not the extended, it's not Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I yeah. agree, because I think, I think you know, um, it's kind of something I almost wish Harry Potter would have done, because um, there was so much in Harry Potter that was, of course, not from the books in the movies. And uh, I think... Um, the only two movies that they released extended versions on were Chamber of Secrets and Sorcerer's Stone. But even then, there was still a lot of content missing. Um, and and I, I like that Lord of the Rings took the time and basically shot everything from the books and and gave the fans this this uh, complete completeness of, of this whole uh, whole trilogy. Because uh, the theatrical cuts for as good as they are, the extended cuts just um, they're just the proper versions. And I know even Peter Jackson himself has said they're not really his director's cuts. He prefers the cuts he put together. But uh, huh. he put the extended versions together because um, he wanted to do it for the fans. He wanted the fans to be able to experience the books in movie form. Uh, okay, I see. Huh. Yeah, I um, I was watching the theatrical edition of The Fellowship recently with a friend of mine that had never seen any of the movies. Um, oh, wow. Which was yeah, which which was so sad, but was still so much fun to watch it through with him for the first time. Um, it was, it was, it was neat, but I, one of, one of the scenes that I recognized that, um, became exceedingly short to me when I watched the theatrical edition was the, um, interaction between Galadriel and the fellowship right after, um, she doesn't give her parting gifts, right? Right, right. I thought this might have been extended. It felt like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really helpful. I, when, when I was watching, um, Return of the King a few years back. I remember, I mean, I, I I remember recognizing that the the only reason that I I knew what that um 
the the light of Arendil was was because of that extended scene in the yeah. fellowship. Um, yeah. They they kind of glaze over it, and all of a sudden, <clears> in the Return of the King, if you've only seen the theatrical edition, you're like, what is this? What's this vial he all, all, right. all of a sudden has? Um, so I I, I th- thought that was a pretty neat scene, and even even that they they discuss a little bit of what Lembus bread is, right? So yeah. in the theatrical edition, they get to that t- in two towers, and um, and they're talking about this stuff called Lembus bread that we've you know we we saw you know we we saw these pieces of bread wrapped in in leaf in leaves, but um, didn't really know the, their attributes um, yeah. in, in any way. So One I, I thought that was, that was cool. is enough to fill a grown man's <laughs> stomach. Right. I, I love right. it. And then how many the, did you eat? <laughs> four. Four. That was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So what's in there's two things. The first thing is I feel like that scene in particular, as I was watching this most recent time to prep for this, it's it reminds me of the kind of rhythm that the Marvel movies are able to achieve, which is some uh, some really weighty and difficult concepts, some really dark trials, but then just sprinkling this playfulness throughout. Um, I think, you know, when they're walking through the woods and Gimli's like talking about his prowess and then all of a sudden all the <laughs> all the elves are upon them and they're like the dwarf breeze so loud we could shoot him we could hit him in the dark or whatever uh-huh. they're saying yeah and it's just this this back and forth between you know gandalf had just died or <laughs> you know fell into shadow and so we were bummed but i th- yeah. I, I really love the way they're able to do that yeah yeah. You know, it's funny you say balance, too, because my two favorite scenes in, in all of Fellowship is, of course, anything in the Shire. I love everything in the Shire. Uh, just, just anything between the um, the set design and the characters and the music and how, and how cheery and happy it is. And then my other favorite part is the stuff in the mines, because it's the dark mm-hmm. stuff of the movie. You get Gandalf's death. You get the epic battle scenes. Uh, you get that scene where you think that Frodo's been stabbed. And yeah, he has he has the vest on. Just those two scenes are ultimately my favorite because they have a good balance of of light and dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so what's yeah. your favorite part al um well it would it would be a toss-up between two scenes um either actually the first one was only in the movie it was not in the books or at least the way that the dialogue um fell it was between boromir and aragorn right when boromir was dying mm-hmm. um where he uh, he he basically after all this tension between him and Aragorn over the course of the film and in in the end, um, ironically recognizes Aragorn's call true calling even before Aragorn himself is willing to accept it when he he says my my brother, my captain, my king. And like I said. It's funny because it's not in the it's not in the books. It's it I, it's such a beautiful scene, but it was actually written out uh, a little bit differently by Tolkien. But um, mm-hmm. but I that was actually one of the moments that I I really liked what the the scriptwriters did a lot. Um, and I thought that was a really touching scene. So that that would be one. The other one, which I, I I feel like Dan, I know you have an affinity for, is actually in the minds, Mike, that you're, you're mentioning when this when Gandalf um, chastises Frodo. It, yeah, when 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 Frodo says it's a pity Bilbo didn't kill him when he had the chance, yeah. and and, yeah. and Gandalf is like pity. It was pity that stayed Bilbo's hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I just I. I um 
I I I forget the exact dialogue from from that point uh, until the end point, but I, I especially love something the, like there are many who who die who that deserve death. life and many yeah. who, mm-hmm. who live Can who deserve death. Them, Will you give it to them? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then he he says my my heart still tells me that that um that Gollum has a part to play in all this. And um, and I, I just think that's that that's one of the best foreshadowing moments of the entire trilogy is when yeah. he says that um, because it was I, with without Gollum, uh, Middle Earth would have been would have been lost. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I I think those are my my two favorites. But what about you? That's guys? one of my favorites too. Uh, I would say anytime Gandalf, he's just such he's my favorite character. He has such great one-liners, especially in the Fellowship. Um, he just exudes such a subtle power, huh. and and he also in Fellowship his maybe senility is amusing to me. Like he's, mm-hmm. um, I love the moments too that get memified, like when when he walks into the mines and he looks and he's like. I have no memory of this place. And I've seen you put the, the subtitle on it. When you load a game you haven't played in forever. Yeah. Um, I just love Gandalf. And I particularly yeah. love when he confronts, um, when he confronts Saruman. Yeah. And he, you know, he, cause he's going to him as the head of the order and he just senses that he's, he's corrupted, you know, mm-hmm. and he tries to reason with him, but then he just, He's convicted and he acts in accordance with it. It's just like that incorruptible character. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost feel like that there are times that Gandalf comes out, uh, comes off borderline senile through most of this movie. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. Was, yeah. For sure. Yeah. He's yeah. just kind of forgetful. I mean, to think that the ring of power was under his nose from the journey in the first movie for well and so in the book too bilbo's birthday goes and then i think there's like what 20 30 years or something like that between the birthday party and and them yeah. actually setting off out of the shire oh it, wow yeah the yeah. movie does make it look very like a very short time time frame mm-hmm. between when he leaves for minas Tirith and then when he comes back yeah 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 but in the books it's quite yeah. a while and so the ring is just sitting there unbeknownst to gandalf Maybe. you know this was this was the first yeah. time that I actually had watched this movie since I saw all the Hobbits. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw Bilbo in a whole different light now, now, now knowing his story, seeing yeah. his story on screen. Um, now, I wanted to ask your guys' opinion. There's a lot of toss-ups and controversies about the Hobbit trilogy total. You know, what, what were your guys' thoughts on it? I think it kind of lived up to it, or was it feel disappointing? Oh, the Hobbit? Or, yeah. Oh, um, you can go first, Dan. <laughs> Have you seen it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I... The way I would say it is The Hobbit is such a fantastic story mm-hmm. that you can't escape it being at least a little bit good because the fundamental elements of The Hobbit are just so beautifully written. Just the the temptation of one's own self into, like I think they call it gold sickness, um, mm-hmm. when, when Thorin is just corrupted by his greed. Um, I also think that they captured playful elements pretty well. Some of my favorite scenes are what I've heard are people's least favorites. I love the barrel scene. Um, I love the <laughs> With scene. Bobber? 
Yeah, I just I just like the scenes that are playful. Um, Overall, though, I was really disappointed in the trilogy. I didn't feel like it needed to be a trilogy. I think the character of the Hobbit is totally different than than Fellowship. Um, And it should have Lord of the Rings. It shouldn't have been this long, drawn out epic. It. I think it should have been a lot more playful and a little bit more transparently moralistic. Um, and they shouldn't have had Legolas in it. And they shouldn't Yeah, that have, was forced. Yeah, it it really was I think there's there's these pictures of of Peter Jackson just mm-hmm. sitting on the Hobbit set looking so depressed. Um, and I think he must have just been overwhelmed with the task that they had given him. But yeah, I, I kind of love Hate the Hobbits. That was probably a longer answer than I needed to give, but I love parts of it. I loved seeing the story of the Hobbit on the big screen, but ultimately I was disappointed. I I, I don't know if you remember Mr. Myers. You remember the fourth grade teacher, Mr. Myers? Yes. Mm-hmm. So he read Hobbit to us in his class. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And then he created that board game that he had on his... Um, that he had on his board. He might've even called it Dunedain or something like that. And throughout the course of the year, you would play a Tolkien-esque board game and the class was split up into different groups and he would That's read cool. us The Hobbit once a week. I, I loved The Hobbit so much, I asked him to borrow a copy. You know, a couple years later, my mom got me the book on tape. I So I loved, I just loved seeing it, but I don't think it lived up mm. to what i wanted from it well it's interesting too because it, you mentioned about peter jackson feeling depressed on set actually come to find out peter jackson wasn't supposed to direct any of the hobbits it mm. was supposed to be uh Guillermo del toro who did pan's labyrinth and right. hellboy mm. and uh he ultimately ended up dropping out at the last minute i don't really know why or understand why I think it was to a video game mm, okay huh. um i, I know he stayed on as producer Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that Peter Jackson just didn't want to do this. I think he felt like there was no way in hell that the Lord of the Rings was going to live up to, you know, or Hobbit was going to live up to Lord of the Rings. Right. So, um, but you're right. The trilogy seemed unnecessary. And I can't even believe there's even extended versions of all three of those movies because it just, like you said, it feels like a lot of unneeded stuff that needed to be there. Didn't yeah. need to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree with Dan. I think I I, want, I wonder how it would have been if I had seen the Hobbit trilogy first and then Lord of the Rings. Um, I was just captivated so much by the Lord of the Rings trilogy that I think the Hobbit was just a little bit of a letdown. Um, so maybe if it had been in reverse order, it would have been better than it was of an experience. I almost felt like for me for me I I, I think about how DC did the Batman trilogy with Christian Bale mm-hmm. and how they were very serious compared to Marvel's films and how I actually felt like that was more successful than what I feel like they're trying to do with their new films, which is to, is to introduce an element of humor to kind of mimic what Marvel has been doing because it's been successful. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my, I, I felt like the Hobbit, Granted, I think that I think the book. I'd have to go back, and I haven't read The Hobbit in a long, long time. But I feel like the book itself, if I'm re- remembering correctly, was a, did take on a, a slightly lighter tone than the than the 
the the books themselves so i can get that but i don't know i it just it like i said it was it was hard for me to go from 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 a trilogy that i felt like what what you what you were mentioning earlier dan that the the comedic relief was kind of sprinkled tastefully mm-hmm. um or in a way that was like a, a, I, it was a good rhythm for me and then for it to be uh, just a bit more overt um yeah with 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 the hobbit so uh, well, but, and again, they had to manufacture three arcs right. that were not present in The Hobbit. They took a yeah. story that could have been maybe two. I mean, they could have revealed Smaug and then gone into the the takeover and the corruption in the second movie. Mm-hmm. But just to split it into three, I think they had to manufacture things that just mm-hmm. weren't there. Um, I did love Smaug. I loved Cumberbatch. I did too. And I think they did um, the dwarves really well too. I, yeah. I loved how different they all looked. Yeah. Um, the temptation for me would be to have them all look the same. <laughs> just because they're short and yeah. stocky. But they did such a good job giving them all unique characters and looks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you noticed that Cumberbatch is good in almost anything he's put into? Like, look at all the franchises he's been inserted into. Uh, for Doctor Strange from Marvel, he was Khan in Star Trek Into Darkness, and then here, Smog. You know, he just, uh, and any franchise he gets in- inserted into, he just, he st- he steals a lot of what he's in. He just steals, yeah. steals the screen. Yeah. Sherlock? Yeah, Sherlock yeah. also. And I, I loved him in uh, Imitation Game. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He's fantastic. He just, he just plays... A conceited intellect really well. <laughs> like, That's right. You know that right on the head. That's true. Yeah. So which which um which member of the cast do you feel like really stole the show in fellowship? Ooh. You know, I, I love Ian McKellen because like you know, like Dan said, I mean Gandalf, any scene he's in, any any dialogue he gives, he steals oh. every scene he's in. Oh. I mean I mean pretty much you know. <laughs> Um, have you guys seen uh, those videos going around? Do you guys have, have TikTok? No. Uh, I, I, I know what they are. Yeah. yeah. You know what they're talking about, Al? They, they, people keep putting these uh, these computer screens up, and it's just uh, Gandalf bobbing his head like this. Oh, in the beginning no, of the really? Movie. Yeah. Sure. It, it, I've been seeing those all over TikTok lately. and uh, But, yeah, I, I think Gandalf, because – and that's why when his character, you know, when he dies in the movie, uh, it's, the movie's missing something in those last ha- that last half hour, 35 minutes. You definitely tell something's missing. Yeah. Oof. I would be, tend to agree with Mike mm-hmm. just because Gandalf has the best lines. Gandalf has the best arc. Gandalf's the most changed. He, he, when this, when the fellowship splits, I feel like he is, uh, a unifying factor for a lot of the different threads of the story. Um, if not Gandalf though, I think it might be Gimli. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have, just, I have to what's, agree. What's an actor's name? Who plays? Yeah, him? I have no idea. Uh, let me find out. Uh, he's, Gimli, like, Gimli. he's a he's a quite tall Scottish guy, I think. Here we go, John John Rhys Davies. Yes, yeah, I've seen him in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he yeah. Is really this nice. this time around, I was really amused when they're having the secret council at Rivendell and they're all like arguing. Um, 
everyone has at least semi-legitimate concerns about the future of the ring. <laughs> and all Gimli cares about is that it's not uh, it's not heralded by elves. elves. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. he's just kind of an absurd character, the way that he falls in love with Galadriel, the way... Yeah, what do you think of that? The, the three strands of hair, I was going to ask, because that was another... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not funny, but it is... It's endearing. I don't know. It's it's comical almost. Yeah. It's creepy. It's not it's creepy in a way. So it's really strange. <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> Legolas is like, oh, how nice. And I know that they're slowly shifting it so that you're they're gonna build a friendship between Legolas sure. and Gimli. But if if the characters weren't there being like, oh, that's so nice. She is fair. What nice hairs she's given you. We would all be like. This is ridiculous. What a you just yeah, see him totally sitting in a boat fiddling with his hairs. Yeah. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. And yeah. she laughs. I, it, with I, all class. She could have called him a creep. Uh. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen the scene where he asked for those hairs. Yeah. I yeah. Been, yeah, he's just kind of muttering. Yeah, you're right. But I do agree. <sighs> Gimli, yeah, I agree. He does steal the movie. If it's not for Gandalf, it's definitely Gimli for sure. Yeah. So, so I know this is this would be well, Mike. I feel like for for you this this might be an easier question, um, but for Dan and I, since it's been a while since we've seen the extent first, um, what was the most surprising to you uh, that happened in the movie? What was the most surprising moment? Um, you do you mean like uh, what I hadn't seen before, extended version, or you mean just when I when I, when I saw the movie the first time? Or even the first time? Yeah, yeah. Um. With the I remember when I saw the theatrical version, I had not read the books yet. So I didn't know that Gandalf was going to die in that moment. So I remember that being really shocking to me. And uh, I, I was really floored by that because Gandalf was one of my favorite characters. And I was like, wow, he's gone. So he's not in the next two. Mm. That sucks. So when he reappeared in Two Towers, I, I, I was beyond happy. Yeah. yeah. Definitely had to be that scene for sure. Yeah. What about you, what about you guys? It's hard to think <laughs> back. Do I remember a time before I saw Fellowship of the Ring? I, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that seems like the total obvious answer. I So I still have not read the trilogy in its entirety. Either have I, yeah. I've read Fellowship, and I've gotten about halfway through uh, Two Towers, Mm. And so I had not read the books because I had read The Hobbit long before the movies came out, obviously. And there were a couple cartoon adaptions that were pretty good. Mm. But um, so I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going on. Um, so even thinking through the first time, something as simple as Saruman's not really good or mm. Gandalf yeah. falls into shadow or Boromir goes for the ring. I think. Yeah. I think the <clears throat> the twists and turns are so plausible and they're so well done that none of it is outlandish or contrived. And that's and I eventually we'll have to talk about this at greater length. But this movie ages so well. What was yeah. it? Two thousand and one or something? Yeah, yeah two thousand one. Watching two. Mm-hmm. Watching an eighteen-year-old movie. <laughs> and there are a few scenes where you can tell that they're using like green screen technology. Yeah. Um, 
but the writing is so good. The only thing that ages terribly for me is um, the slow motion that they really that oh, like yeah. anytime there's a anytime Frodo is falling into <laughs> the power of the right. Ring, it's like oh, and it slows way down. I the pacing for that's. Sure. I don't, I, I don't know if it's Elijah Woods acting there or it's just the way that it's shot. I don't know what it is, but you're exactly yeah. right. Slow mo yeah. at that time was really bad because I think that the first slow mo movie was uh, was The Matrix back in '99. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, they were relatively new effects, but you're right; those were probably the most cringeworthy parts of the movie. Like when he when he when the ring flies up at the prancing pony. Yeah. Oh was that God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I th- I think the worst one is when um is when the witch king is riding over them in the city right outside Minas Tirith. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it Minas Tirith? I forget where they are. Uh, maybe it's Esculiath. There, when Frodo's about to put the ring on right before they get to the steps. I think you're right. Esculiath, I think. Yeah, Faramir decides to let them go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Esculiath, uh, yep. And as he's flying over them, it's another... 10 minutes of slow motion of Frodo almost putting the ring on. <laughs> um, yeah. What was yeah. your surprising part, Al? Well, so so I, I were being really surprised actually at the interaction between Aragorn and Frodo because, uh, because it wasn't in the book. Mm. Um, oh, really? At the very end where Aragorn um, closes says he, yeah, closes his hand and is like, I would have yes. gone to the end. That's yeah. a, it's not the book. They're, 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 That's the right, because Fellowship's when, the only book that I've, I've I've read, and you're right. That is not in the book. Yeah, the the, the only moment that um that the, was the moment when he left Frodo in the book uh-huh. was the moment when Pippin and Mary were taken, and he realized that he couldn't go with Frodo to Mordor, that he was going to go after them instead. Right, uh, right, okay. So it was interesting. Um, I mean, I I, I was thinking about it. Um. Last time I watched, watched it with my, my buddy Justin, I'm like, why did they? I, I was thinking back to it, I'm like, why did they change that? Or like, what was the motivation for making that change to his character? Because I, I could, I could see how maybe he, he would have been concerned about the way that Boromir was tempted, and maybe seen the same potential in himself to be tempted in the same way to take the ring. But I don't know. It just it, even. I think so, that's for the viewer. Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood moment, you know. Yeah, I think books. that's that's an establishment of Aragorn's character in contrast to everyone else. Because, I mean, really, only the strongest, most noble characters resist the temptation of the ring. And then, of course, like a slew of hobbits because of some racial, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they have like that's a race curious. stat. Yeah, <laughs> we can't we can't offend um, the short people, I guess. That's that's the motto. Because, like, if you think about it, well, and the elves, too, but... Oh, that's true. Okay, okay, so Boromir. (laughs) Really, really the uh, the sons of the steward of Gondor are really the only guys that you have to worry about. (laughs) But I do think that's just to say Aragorn is noble, and he is above the temptation of the ring. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, that's a foreshadow to him. Yeah, yeah. How how he how he would he would um do exactly what his heir or, or Isildur did not is that, right. is that what I mean yeah, yeah how in sure. his in his because he he even says that when he's talking to Arwen well she 
she kind of brings what she thinks he's thinking about to the fore. And she says, you know, you're not your father. Mm. You're not your, what's the lineage on there? Aragorn's what, 80, 80 some years old. I don't know. I know what you it mean because age. he's a Dunedain. You're right. He's, he's yeah. older, but he looks younger than, than he is. Yeah. Um, let's see. But, uh, I know. I know. 87. Okay. 87 years 87. old. 87. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's like Moses. <laughs> now, you know. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the three movies. Which one is the best? Oh, gosh. Because I, I'm i going to start here because I have a pet peeve. And I always hear people arguing about whether it's Two Towers or Return of the King. In terms this of storyline? Yeah. Just in general, which which is people's favorites. Because uh, my buddy was doing a, you know, 10 days, 10 movies thing. And he posted the picture where Gandalf had ridden over the ridge into Helm's Deep with the light um, and brings the riders of Rohan in to kind of mm. finish that battle up. Spoiler yeah, alert, yeah. I guess. Um, and, and then he and his cousin were having a conversation. Oh, which one, which one's your favorite Lord of the Rings, return of the King or two towers. Mm. And he called me out. He's like, Oh, Dan's going to be reading this saying fellowship is underrated. And I, I cannot say that enough. The fellowship is so underrated. It's such yeah. A yeah. good movie. Uh-huh. So I think that yeah. one's the best. That's why I bring that up. Yeah. So so what what do you feel like people see in the other two that causes them to elevate it? Is it, is it the battle the scenes? Battle. The battle Yeah, sure. it's got to sure. be the battle scenes. Well, sure. I mean, that, that's why I love it. on the ridge yeah. is not even in the book. Mm-hmm. So the only actual battle in Fellowship was not even in the trilogy. Mm. And it's just not about the battles. And I'm sure. okay with that. I yeah. I think the fellowship has more levity than the others because they really do get quite dark. Yeah. Um, oh, very much, especially two towers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say it's probably the battles. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what made me love uh, Empire Strikes Back as a kid was the the Hoth battle. I I actually I could have watched that that battle over and over again and then and then throughout the rest of the movie <laughs> as a kid. I loved the Hoth battle so much. Not throwing it out. I'm just saying. The, the battles were what captivated me. Did you ever play that N64 Star Wars game? Shadows of the Empire? Yeah, it, yes. it starts on Hoth, and you, you're riding oh. that, yep. little, that little ship with the cable out the back, Those and you, like, you mm-hmm. wrap it around the ATAT. Oh, man, it's fun. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's funny you say that, too, because you know what? Star Wars is one of those debates you could have, too, about the same thing with trilogies, because now that you've got, you know, three Star Wars trilogies, you could have a debate about each trilogy, which one's the best one in each trilogy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it. it I, I guess for Lord of the Rings, for me, um, you know, there is something really special about Fellowship, um, I think, with, with – um, Especially everything in the Shire. I love everything in the Shire very much. So, um, I, I guess I guess for, for the um, for the overall entertainment value, I guess my favorite probably would be um, Return of the King. But um, I, I'm with you, Dan, a lot though because um, Fellowship there is kind of something special there because you're getting to know each character, you're getting to know the world around them, you're getting to study and get to uh, see Middle Earth um, and get to know everyone. And uh, by the time we get into Two Towers and Return of the King. 
it's all about the journey and the action. And the first movie is all about that development. And that does make Fellowship rather special. Mm-hmm. I think I think what I like best about Fellowship, um, or what I guess if if I'm if I'm choosing a criteria in terms of character development, I love Fellowship most for the development of Sam's character, who is also my favorite mm-hmm. hero. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I I feel like at the end of Fellowship, when Sam is oh my willing, gosh. you know, will, willing to sacrifice his own life, you know, albeit to 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 prove it's, a point. I, well, yeah. I was, I, I was that's my least him. favorite Sam moment that you just <laughs> really? brought up when he's like, no. "I can't swim." I don't. <laughs> I don't mean to belittle Sam. Mariah loves Sam too, and uh, maybe that's why I get a little angry because I feel a competition with Samwise Gamgee. But no, I just—he's such a good friend. I never understood that part. But at the same time, I think Frodo would have left him behind if he didn't do that. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 a very. I think that was a moment when. Typically, I feel like his his self-sacrificial moments are are tempered with uh, a, a rational side. Yeah, <laughs> and well, I think and... it, I think it went out to the, it went you know he didn't have yeah. it in that point. Yeah. I think there's a concept too in fellowship that might be lost in modern times, and that's just the idea of being duty bound. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sam's word is his bond and throughout the entire series he feels compelled to watch out for frodo yes because they're friends and he's his his companion but also because of what he promised you know and i don't mean to you know i i (laughs) yeah so it's there is something honorable and admirable about that yeah yeah um, since you guys know what's, what was mainly added uh, to the extended cuts pretty well, um, what were your guys' like favorite additions, and what were your like cringeworthy worst additions to to the movie? Ooh, cringeworthy. Yeah. Well, I, I guess in addition to the the scene I mentioned earlier with the um, expansion on Gladriel's gift giving, I really liked um, the additional lore we were given at the beginning with uh, hobbits and the Shire. Um, I felt like that, that gave us more of a, um, I, I, I feel like it just gives you more appreciation for what they're doing as like Frodo, Frodo and Sam, because they're these, you just see how simple their lives were. And like contextually it, I feel like for someone like Aragorn, who's already rough, he's, he's a survivalist. He's already been doing this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the burden of carrying the ring in some ways wouldn't have been quite as heroic for me as someone like Frodo and Sam, um, mm-hmm. because you see how utterly different their lives are from what they quickly become. Right. Um, and, um, what, what they, what they have to, to give up, um, in terms of, in terms of comfort and, and what's known to them in order to take on this task of, of carrying the ring. So I, I really, I really liked that addition. I'm trying to think I, I'm in terms of cringing. I mean, there wasn't anything that I felt like I, I didn't enjoy addition wise. What I, what I, I guess there were omissions that were disappointing to me. Um, 
One was that they didn't include Tom Bombadil, who I always mm. liked. Um, and the other, which, uh, again, I, I, I wish almost for the sake of um, having some additional continuity with the, with the Hobbit trilogy, was Radagast. Because um, there's actually an interaction between Radagast and, and Gandalf in the book um, mm. when Gandalf starts to sense that things are muck, um, where he, he, he warns Radagast um, um of what, what's basically what's what's going on um and uh i just thought that would have been kind of a cool introduction to the order which we you know we eventually see with sauron but it, i feel like that could have killed, filled out some of the details about their order a little bit more but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I don't know was there anything that you didn't like dan Oof. in fellowship probably not i don't think you could lose a single second of the extended edition I, I I'm trying. I obviously don't quite remember exactly. So I'm looking at the scenes that were extended, um, and it's quite a few. And I don't recognize them all by name. But then the entirely new scenes are concerning hobbits, a scene called "At the Green Dragon," the path <laughs> of the elves, the Midgewater <clears throat> marches, and Gilrain's memorial. Um, I don't know. It's not that I dislike the elves, but sometimes I think there's a there might be too much to that. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I had to pick, I like the scene where the, they they see the wood elves passing on to the yeah. other hands, or yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, scene I, didn't seem entirely necessary. It's yeah, it's funny. It's it's it's. I don't know what that was for. It, it was from the book, so that it at least had that going for itself. But it did seem a little bit oddly placed. I I, I feel like the only real value it can well the one of the i guess one of the two values that i see about is that they they gave you a sense of of frodo's knowledge of um middle earth or i you know i I guess that that somehow a which he probably inherited from 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 bilbo right right right. um but um yeah other than that i mean we we i feel like the background we get to the undying lands once they reach rivendell in kind of the the arwen story arc is was probably sufficient I, yeah I don't, I don't know yeah i guess that is if i had to pick one probably my scene too yeah yeah it just seems like there are there's there's some of the stuff with the elves could have been lost it seemed like some of it was too long um in, in parts but uh yeah i mean in fellowship is as a whole i mean watching it um i didn't really see anything that i that that stuck out as 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 bad or as cringeworthy or or thing there's that one scene you mentioned with the elves walking that that scene felt out of place it, it felt a little weird and i knew right away when that scene came up that that was definitely new and i'm like this just doesn't feel right the things were mm-hmm. moving and then all of a sudden the pacing just stopped for a second and then jumped to a new scene it just felt weird but uh i mean as a whole i know i've seen a lot of extended cuts of a lot of different movies and uh, i i've seen some pretty bad extended cuts where like the pacing seems off it almost feel like they just threw deleted material into the movie for the sake of doing it mm. i think this is like one of the first extended cuts where i've watched where it just everything just felt right it just felt like the movie yeah. the movie belonged this way even in the theater that there shouldn't have been a a director's cut this should have been the director's cut the releasing <laughs> cut i don't know how yeah. that, might, that might be on. one of the advantages of having such a rich textual background sure. i mean sure. it's no it's no secret that J.R. tolkien is a world builder he didn't just write 
Lord of the Rings. He didn't just write The Hobbit. There's a whole world with languages. I mean, it's it's akin to, well, flip it around. Game of Thrones is akin to that in that you get the sense, oh, we can add an extra three minutes about hobbits here because it's all there in the book and they're singing and they're, they have books that they read. Um, and so I think there's a richness there that you can, you can draw from that. Whereas maybe in movies, uh, I watched this interview where a guy talked about something as simple as, uh, I forget the name of the movie, but the kids had coats on for some reason and they were inside. And his interview was about, as a director, sometimes you're just putting out fires and solving problems. And you could probably speak to that, Mike, where you're like, well, you know, the scene before this, they had their coats on or we got to get them outside right after this. So we just need this to happen. And then you kind of find a way to make it all fit logically. Whereas hopefully with Lord of the Rings, you have such a, a sturdy base that you're really just bringing to life a story that already exists. I'm very obsessive about that kind of thing. Cause, uh, especially when I'm in the editing room and I'll see a take. I mean, if I, if I have an angle that uh, something was out of place and I, I'm not going to go back and reshoot it, I will literally do, do myself a favor and I will crop it out of the frame just so I can't see it. Nobody else might notice it, but I'll notice it, and that will drive me nuts. I mean, ask Alistair when he's filming a scene how I'll, I'll, I'll do certain things or I'll put them in a certain spot, and if something's not right, I'm going to say, nope, got to do it again. Mm-hmm. Yep, we do a lot of angles. It's yep. fun. It is. <laughs> yeah. So here's one thing I remember about back when the movies were coming out. Um, what an anticipation we all had to see Gollum. Because mm-hmm. if you remember, all we see of him in Fellowship of the Ring is when he's being tortured. Yep. And then again, when he's creeping after them in, in the Mines of Moria. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see his eyes backlit in the dark. I remember <laughs> being so excited to see how they did Gollum. Um, I don't know. Just a thought yeah. I thought I'd share. Yeah, yeah he's, I, he's very I, heavily teased. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you all feel like when um, – do you all see the cartoon version of The Hobbit? It's yes. really old. No. Did, no. Okay, that's okay. Um, Where they, they took sh- out the giant, right? Um, I, I forget. Well, I, so I, I just was curious, um, when, when did, did you have any sense of what, like what Gollum would be like in terms of kind of that, that inner division, um, when you first saw the fellowship, like, did, did you have an inkling that there was kind of like a, a softer, um, almost like a, a, not human, but yeah, just a softer side to him. Or what did he seem like a pretty he seemed like a pretty dark character, sort of like he was in the cartoon Hobbit? Well, so he was almost comical in the book. Mm-hmm. And so I remember this illustration of Gollum in the book that I had, and it was almost a silhouette of him hunched over on on this rock cliff i'm i'm searching google for it now but i just remember thinking he looked scary but yeah they did such a good job of of having his representation be just as schizophrenic as his personality where 
he's disgusting to look at, but he, at the same time, you kind of pity him at the same time, but then yeah. it just like takes dog, some... Yeah, I know what you mean. Like a, like so, a cat with one of its, its ears cut off. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah, uh, I, if I remember, I think the first time I saw I saw Gollum on screen, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was quite the uh, quite the image, no question about it. So, um, trying to here think here. Go. What do you got? Here's the Gollum from the cartoon. You see that? Oh wow. <laughs> it's like a frog yep oh man yep. that probably doesn't i forgot <laughs> i totally forgot we're recording a podcast this probably doesn't make for very good audio oh no, that's okay no, that's okay we're recording video and audio yeah we're recording both mm-hmm. oh okay oh, it man. was slimy and different shades of green yeah a, a <laughs> green yeah, size the sticky tongue Ew. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so let's see here. So if we, as a whole, um, with fellowship, um, mm-hmm. what are your guys's like last lingering thoughts on it? Like what's um, what could have uh, what could have been done differently in the movie? Let's put it that way. Like from the from the book, because I have only read the first book, so I don't really remember the first book too much. But uh, like Alistair, let me ask you, like, what could the uh, fellowship have done? fun better that the book did better oh gosh um well yeah i uh, we already talked about this a little bit but i i think maybe i i know it's always challenging with film to capture to uh to really capture time or mm-hmm. kind of like a, a lapse in time but but possibly that and we, we talked a little bit about the duration of time between when Gandalf was first in the Shire and when he returned. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, I think it would have been challenging to add much more without starting to sacrifice um, viewership um, because it was already a pretty long movie. And I think that everything that they put in was really pro I, I think a, essential um to mm-hmm. to each each character's development maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more with frodo and sam <laughs> i just I, I like the two of them yeah oh boy well leading up to when they have to separate yeah 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 we didn't really see we didn't really see pippin and mary's characters develop until um until uh two towers and, yeah. uh, and I feel like there was a little bit more development of their characters in, in fellowships. So maybe, maybe that, maybe if anything, yeah. giving us a more of an affinity for, for those two. <laughs> I'd say two things. The first thing is, like Alistair said, they left out Tom Bombadil. Mm-hmm. And the one change that I found very interesting is Farmer Maggot gets reduced from someone who takes them in and hosts the hobbits feeds them 
and sends them on their way with like good blessings and equipment to to a sickle to a yeah to a guy like heralding his tool and so one thing i really liked about the books that i think they do well with gandalf but the other characters sort of get slighted is the things they learn from conversing with people far wiser than they are um, and I think anytime they take a character out or reduce a character down to nothing, I think something is lost there because Tom Bombadil talks about, you know, the time long before he's some, you know, creature that's been around for ages and ages. The ring is like a, a nothing to him. He's like flipping it around like, oh, this old thing. Um, right. So. That I, th- but then again, to Al's point, the movie can't get much longer. So I respect mm-hmm. the fact that they did have to reduce and conflate and cut. Um, so then, the one thing that I think would be easy to do with the time that they had is in the book, Gandalf's magic use is much more prominent throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Sure, uses magic in the movies. His fight with Saruman is probably the most evident where they're actually moving one another around um but other than that he really just creates light um and i know the bridge collapses because of his you know because of his incantation on the the Khazad-dun pass there but in the book when they're trying to get past the door it talks about how he's unlocking the door in the mines with his magic and i i don't know i i love magic use so I think it would have been cool to see a little bit more magic from from Gandalf throughout. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Anything huh. with more Gandalf would have been uh would have worked for me. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, it works. Um all right, so as a whole, uh I want to start doing something new with these. Uh Alistair, I haven't even done this yet. So I'm gonna do uh we'll do like a five star rating on each movie we do. So um five. Five. Uh, wow, that was uh <laughs> that was that was easy. Uh <laughs> So I'll, let me ask you now: Is, is uh, all three movies going to get five stars? Yeah, from yeah. me. Yeah, from me. I mean, wow. I, I, I'm sure you if, I, that if I so contently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that I'll, I'll always have like a, I'm, I'm sure a, a couple criticisms, but not, nothing significant enough to detract from the fact that all three for me were awesome movies that I am always excited to rewatch. So if I would have done this like out of ten, you would have said ten out of ten on all three of them too. Oh, um, That's scale thing, right? Yeah, you know what? Instead of the stars thing, let's do the out of ten because we're gonna narrow this down. Ten, tens across the board. All three? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm just teasing. Um, gosh, Fairweather fan, he's taking it down a notch now. Yeah, <laughs> if I, it ain't truly five stars, is it now? Well, it's not a movie podcast until you trash the movie you're talking about. <laughs> right, see, I'm trying to I'm trying to get a little bit out of you here, just a little bit. Yeah, I know no, these are I, I think I think I would uh, you know and, and you know you know what actually I think keeps them all if 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 it, actually if the the one factor that if it hadn't been as epic as it was could have left them as as maybe one or two of them as nines for me was the soundtrack. But the the soundtrack was so epic, yeah. and oh, yeah. any any yeah. any any blemishes 
that might have might have been happening as I watched. Like my emotions are flying so high and free, anyways, because the music that I'm completely I'm completely forgiving those moments. It, like, it's funny because remember remember we went we went to see Rise of Skywalker. Remember when when the Star Wars music came on and you're yeah, like yeah you're like I got goosebumps. I'm like yeah I I'm like no, no matter what you always get goosebumps. And I still would have loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't remember what movie it was, Al, but you made me sit down and listen to the soundtrack with you before we went to see the movie. Wow, that Al. Was the, that was the coolest thing you ever did for me. Yeah. Because then the music was not just in the background. I had I had heard it before and I recognized rises and falls. It was very cool. And I, I agree. The Lord of the Rings soundtrack is phenomenal and if if five means the movie was inconsequential to me and 10 means i'd watch it at any time and it changed my life i'd give them all three of ten i basically what happens when i marathon <laughs> movies because i pretty much watch them about i don't know every six months or so i try to watch through the lord of the rings and you get in a marathon mood, you put them on, you're having snacks. Yeah. About the time when things get sad, like Bo Ramir's death, mm-hmm. transitioning from the first into the second, and sometimes even as early as the fellowship because of how heavy it is for Gandalf to realize that Frodo is going to be the one to take that burden all the way to, to Mordor. Mm-hmm. What happens to me is... I just get sad and it lasts the whole time. And I just have this emotional experience. It's great. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, Hi, Alistair. Hey, Miss Winkler. <laughs> Look at that, sir. Uh, thank you. Look at that. Look at that. Now I'm getting my cape. I'm getting my uh, getting ready to go on my throne. I'll take my coat, too, over here, please. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, um, hmm. I can't fairly give them all 10 out of 10. I can't do that. I'm, I'm going to have to be the one that's going to have to be the... Uh, well, I'm not the connoisseur of movies that you are, Mike. I'm just a fan. <laughs> I know. You know, I guess I'm harsher on movies than, than, than the average goer. It depends, I guess, I guess of what it is. Um, but if I had to rank all three, um, I'm just going to rank Fellowship right now. So I'm going to watch the other two extendeds, and then I'll come back on the next mm-hmm. ones and I'll, and I'll give them. But I I'm going to fe- change mine before you do that. I'm okay. going to say 11. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, okay. And then 10 <laughs> for two towers and 10 for Return of the King. I'm going to look like the bad guy here. I'm going to look like the bad guy. Uh, no, I was going to give Fellowship probably a good solid 9 out of 10. Um, I, I, uh, the character development really makes the movie. Um, it doesn't. It's a movie that you know, you're waiting for those action moments, but it's a movie that doesn't need the action moments to be entertaining. The characters mm-hmm. make everything so engaging. The world around them makes them makes makes the whole movie alluring to watch and it's i think i get the same feeling watching lord of the rings i get with star wars because alistair knows how big of a star wars fan i am that's that that's my that's my series sure (laughs) um you'll never get me that's the one series you'll never get me to say anything bad about any one of those movies and i will never ever ever give any one of those movies anything less than a 10 Mm. so i I know how you guys all of them i mean yeah, I, you know, I, I would give them all that because I, I like the universe so much. I mean, I have okay. ones I enjoy more than others. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, it's hard for me to say too much negative about Star Wars. So I can, I, I get how you guys feel about Lord of the Rings. You I agree with Star Wars good. too, because I, I know the community doesn't love them all, and I, 
I go easy on that franchise. And I think the music does have a lot to do with that. Because well, it just phenomenal. puts you in the mood to like yeah. whatever you see. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to ask you too, because I know The Last Jedi is the, like the most divisive uh, Star Wars movie now out of all nine. Is it? Uh, I, mean, I mean, among the fan base, either you love it or you hate it. Do you, do you like The Last Jedi? That's seven, right? Eight. Eight. Oh yeah, The Force Awakens. Seven. Ooh. I'm I mean gosh, that's a whole that's a whole 30 minutes. That is. That that is. Uh okay, what did you think of Rise of Skywalker? That, that's more recent. Let's try that. I liked it. I liked it. Good. Seven, I like st- as a standalone. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I feel like the way that it fits to the rest of the series. If you talk about the final series as a momentum, it just puts up hurdles that the future films have to overcome in order to tell the story they want to tell. Um, so instead of using what I in what I when I saw The Force Awakens, I thought I saw elements that would be building blocks, and they ended up tearing them down in in The Last Jedi. And yeah. I thought they recovered really well in nine. And, and not even that they just needed to recover. I liked I liked all of them. I've liked all the Star Wars movies that I've seen. But when I think about the whole the story as a whole, I don't think that that eight has the same respect for the saga as the other movies do. I think that's true because I, I look at Rise of Skywalker as being um more of a sequel to Force Awakens than The Last Jedi because it just feels like those two films are are you know joined together where Last Jedi feels like the uh, the ugly stepchild in, yeah. in the name. you know it's uh, Last Jedi is a good movie it's just that you're right uh, the tone in the middle of seven and nine something about it does feel a little off from well in its cultural context too I think it I think it made some bold moves that the fan base was surprised to see particularly the whole Ray you're nobody. Right. And that was something that they had to undo with something as simple as like, uh, I didn't lie, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it just it would. it, Yeah. So that's that. yeah, the, yeah, the biggest problem I think they had with Ray making Ray a nobody is that it set up no shocking big revelation with her in nine. Right. It's like, what were you going to do with her in nine if she's nobody? She right. had to be somebody, whether it being a Palpatine or a Kenobi or a Skywalker. She had to be somebody. So it's like you can't just make her a nobody because then she becomes an irrelevant character. Yeah. So. Hmm. All right. So I guess I can't pull anything out of you like uh, overly bad about Fellowship. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I won't try no, try, try no more. Maybe as the other two movies go on, maybe while I'll think of I'll um, think about it more for Two Towers and Return of the King, Mike. Maybe I'll yeah. change, but for a movie there. as underrated as Fellowship is, I wouldn't dare speak a bad thing about it. I'll have plenty to say for these <laughs> for these next two, I'm sure. <laughs> That's gonna be those are gonna be the interesting ones. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks very much for doing this, and I'm looking forward to uh, doing the next episode thanks, on Two Towers. It's gonna be an interesting uh, conversation. Now I'm even more looking forward to it because Dan and you are gonna have some interesting comments about it. I'm gonna get some negative stuff. All right. that's good yeah i i had the ambitious plans to read the book before we sat down to do this and i didn't even start so (laughs) that's short yeah Yeah. cool Uh, well thanks for joining me guys and thanks to the audience for joining us and uh we will see you on uh the two towers podcast we'll have you guys back and we'll do that cool all right have a good night everybody 
wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Even the smallest person.